Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello geeks and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing cool celiac. It's Marketing Monday, and our guest today is Heather McLeod of Authority Brands. Today's show is brought to you by the Franchise Consumer Marketing Conference, Thrive, and True Presence. True Presence has an integrated digital marketing platform for franchises and multi-location businesses with a marketing tech stack that powers your website, email marketing, e-commerce, social media, and directories management. True Presence has developed a new technology that can better track franchise websites, including franchise microsites. They track and report on 75 SEO attributes that indicate health. They compare franchise locations to each other and to local competitors and report back to you what needs improvement in order to perform better. Learn more at truepresence.com. Today's guest is Heather McLeod. She's the CMO of Authority Brands, and we're going to talk all things marketing teams today. Hey, Heather, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It was great to finally see you again in person uh, just a few weeks ago at the IFA in San Diego. How was the uh, How was the IFA show for you this year? Oh my gosh, I felt like I was back together with all of my favorite people. It was a blast. <laughs> It wore me out in a way I'm not used to anymore after COVID, but it was really great to see the family back together again. Yeah, we were we were partying like it was 2019 again. There we go. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again today. And um, there's so many things that that I, I want to ask you about what's going on in the world of franchise marketing and marketing for multi-brand companies and things like that. But let's start here. You've obviously grown your team substantially since you started with Authority Brands. How long ago was that, by the way? Oh, my goodness. So I started before Authority Brands was Authority Brands. I started with just the one <laughs> brand, the Cleaning Authority, and that was seven and a half years ago. Wow. And how big was your marketing team at that time? If you count me, there were two of us. <laughs> we were lean and mean. Lean nice. And- Nice. I'm um, guessing now there's a few more than two people on the team. There are 58 people. On the oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so that's what I want to go deep on today. You went from two people, including yourself. So let's actually say one person to yeah. almost 60 people in a very short amount of time, um, along with adding how many brands is Authority Brands up to right now? And by the way, for anyone listening, we're recording this in uh, early April of 2022. So whenever you listen to this show, the answer might be different. But Heather, how many brands do you have today? As of today, we have 12 consumer brands. We also have two internal like B2B brands mm-hmm. that operate in the space shared by, by some of our franchises. So yeah, it's a lot. It is definitely a lot. It's a lot of brands. It's a lot of people on the team, but it is really exciting. We're doing some really fun stuff over here. So let's get into the the people part of your job. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that when you have a certain number of people reporting to you, you're no longer in the job you thought you had. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're in the yeah. people business. Yeah. Um, you're in the leadership business. So um, where do you even start? And, and I know you didn't go from two to 58 overnight. It was, it was a gradual, but a, but a pretty fast ramp up, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it did happen pretty, pretty quickly, especially when you consider that, you know, it's, it's seven and a half years ago, but for the first two and a half to three years of that, um, we added, I added one person to the team. We were still one brand. So, ah. um, so really it's like the last four years or so that everything has had some lighter fluid poured onto it. And we've really experienced <laughs> some rapid growth with the number of brands and the structure of the team. So, um, so really, you know, looking, looking back, um, having had the benefit prior to being in another multi-brand environment, I had the benefit of perspective and having an opinion on what I thought would make for a strong, stable team. And so, you know, some of the decisions about, do we stay brand specific? Do we centralize some shared services? What should that look like? What could that look like? Um, I at least had a little bit of kind of previous knowledge and thought about what I thought might work, but it's definitely been a constantly moving and evolving kind of organic process because, you know, we don't always know when we're going to get a new brand. Sometimes we think we're going to have one and Uh and change. And sometimes something kind of falls in our lap and we jump at the opportunity. So you can't always be, you know, a hundred percent prepped for what you think is next because with acquisitions, it it always changes. Yeah. The, the budget goes right out the window. If there's a, uh, a critical acquisition that just happened last night, right? Absolutely. So let me ask you about the the brand specific positions within the team and and how many of those do you have or are you doing more shared services across brands with your marketing team? Yeah, that's a great question. So for the most part, um, and I'll speak kind of more generally because there are some nuanced differences with some of the smaller brands or some of the larger brands, but for the most part, every brand has a marketing team of two people that are dedicated to that brand. All okay. they do is work on that specific brand. It's normally a marketing manager and a communication specialist, and they handle all of the franchisee needs and asks. They manage the ad fund budget. They handle our um, vendor relationships for that specific brand. So they are 100% dedicated. So the brands are normally kind of set up in in that structure. And then from a shared services perspective, um, we share across um, a couple different areas. Marketing operations is one and creative production um, is the other. So those are the two areas where we have kind of centralized resources that support those brand specific marketing teams just based on the type of projects they're doing or the things that that are on their plate. And the creative part of it, I totally get because there could be a lot of work to do or not much work to do, depending upon the brand or depending upon the season or the need or, or whatever's going on. That makes a lot of sense. Tell me about the marketing operations positions. What what exactly are they doing and, and what are you tasking them with? Yeah, so this is an area that I think is maybe a little nuanced. It's a little Um, It's not as common, I guess, maybe you should say, but I think it's incredibly important and it's served us very, very well. So I have a VP of marketing operations who sits over a couple different areas, primarily um, our 
attribution and tracking teams. So kind of our best practice technical expert in what should tracking on any campaign or promotion look like, whether that's call tracking, digital-based tracking. She handles all of our Google Analytics setups and profiles, track links, all of that. Reporting, report building, Power BI, kind of all of the things that we need to be able to reference while we're running a campaign or in hindsight, looking back on something to see how it performs. So those functions kind of roll up under marketing operations as well as our call centers and all of our call handling. So that's a little bit of a difference, I think, than maybe some other brands is that um, the people who sit over our call centers report into marketing because of our vested interest in the success of the outcomes of those calls, um, as well as kind of our team that's looking at conversion optimization on all, on all of our online properties that have um, online booking, scheduling, things like that. So it's a little different, but in, in our experience and what we're seeing work really well here is it takes a little bit of the pressure off of each of the brand specific teams to have to be kind of technical experts in setting things up properly with the level of detail we need. We can kind of count on that team to take a lead and just kind of double checking, triple checking the process that everyone's using around tracking and really managing that across such a such a broad team really is in a lot of ways a, a multi-person full-time job. Yeah, I, I just love the idea of that because I'm I'm thinking of many of the great marketing people I've worked with over the years. Maybe not the best when it comes to some of the operational detail, right? And and maybe that's what makes them a good marketer. Uh, so having that 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 specialist or that that person who really has a good background in all of the operational things that you just mentioned, I think takes a a, a certain amount of load off of people like myself who are not really into the tracking side of the world <laughs> and, and let them do what they're really good at. So I love that idea. The other thing I love is this idea of call centers reporting up through marketing. It reminds me of something an old boss of mine said, you know, a dozen years ago that marketing is every time you touch a customer or a potential customer, there should be something in there that touches marketing. Right. And, and I think we get into this call center idea of, you know, that has nothing to do with marketing. Actually, that has everything to do with marketing. Right. So I, I love that that's reporting up through your team. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's just a general understanding amongst our marketing team that in order to be as successful as we can, um, we have to lean and rely on brand operations. So we're closely partnered with the operations teams at the brand level and what they're doing, understanding kind of unit level economics, how do franchisees make money, what types of jobs are the most profitable. And that's how from you know, a more traditional marketing perspective, we're best able to bring ideas to the table that work for the brand, work for the franchisees and really understand what helps drive revenue. But really kind of a secondary part of that especially now as we have so many brands with so many different solutions in place 
as far as what happens when the phone rings? Does it go directly to a call center? Does it go to an office, a franchisee's office first, and then potentially kick over? Mm. Do we have after hours solutions set up? What are all the messages across all of those lines? And having someone and a team that are really looking at everything, not just brand by brand, but kind of horizontally across the brands to figure out what's working really well and what's maybe not brand by brand and how do we, you know, squeeze a little more out of the calls that we're getting because we don't have to spend any more on marketing to do that, right? It's just improving efficiency. So really thinking about it um, more so from the perspective of call optimization um, versus, you know, quote unquote, call centers or call management. Mm-hmm. We're actually working on rebranding that group right now to really focus on outcome versus kind of process that are named normally very tactically, you know, director of call centers, yeah. call center operations and shifting the mindset to say, Hey, we're going to think about that more in terms of revenue generation, revenue capture, customer experience, things like that because it is so, so crucial to the success of the campaigns that other pieces of the team are running. And normally we have a vested interest in keeping our eyes on it. So if we're already looking at it, it makes sense for us to take a little more responsibility for owning that experience versus leaning on operations to hold and carry that while we're already, you know, we're already looking at it because it's so important to to our performance metrics. And I like that you're looking at all of these things through the lens of individual brands that have very different services, because even something like after hours calls, uh, a a mosquito or a a, a pool maintenance brand or something like that probably doesn't have a really critical late night need, but um, restoration companies, absolutely, right? there's, There's a very different need within the, the wide variety of brands that you guys are marketing right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of our brands is in-home care. Yeah. If, if you can think of a more delicate conversation no. and a more critical phone call, right? It's, so there's just, there is, there's vast differences in expected experience when someone dials the phone across a variety of our brands. Sometimes the person is in incredible panic Um, And sometimes it's just a normal, no big deal. We get it. It's after business hours, right? So there's just a ton of different variation. And so understanding um, really in a lot of ways, how people want to interact with us and what they want from us at various points kind of in their life cycle as a customer is really important. Um, And it's something that I'm really looking forward to us just continuing to hone and refine over time. And as you do that, you're obviously continuing to grow the marketing team. Um, what is sort of the first step when you have a new brand comes on or or maybe with one of the other brands, you're realizing that we need to grow this team even further. Where do you even start? Are you, are you looking at um, marketing people in the franchise industry? Are you going outside of franchising? Are you working with recruiters and, and other sources to, to find the best talent? Cause I know finding talent right now is, uh, is kind of an art and science. Well, I mean, I'll say all of the above. I think some <laughs> of the benefit, um, you know, as you well know, the, the franchising community is, is a robust, but in some ways a small one, you know, a lot of us have known each other for a really long time at this point. So 
that in a lot of ways works in our favor because we have kind of a constant um, inbound pool of really great marketers who want to be a part of a, a big team that's doing awesome stuff, which is great. Um, but I also think there's benefit in having people with all kinds of diverse backgrounds and experiences. So outside of franchising, because um, they're seeing and doing things differently and often working with different partners, with different perspectives on how things could be managed. And I think that that's really helpful and useful too. So really at this point, you know, we're seeing inquiries and, and hands raised from all different types of sources on the hiring front. Um, I will say that trying to look at, and one of the things I take the team through and any new hire through um, as soon as they onboard um, is leveraging um, StrengthsFinder. I don't know if you're familiar with Marcus Buckingham, but no, the idea that, that, yeah, it's amazing. So I'm not really big, full transparency. I'm not really big on like the book of the month of what everybody's reading from a business <laughs> perspective. So this is an oldie, but a goodie. Um, StrengthsFinder is an oldie but it really works for my leadership style. And I find that my team really relates to it. It's this idea that everyone has things they're inherently good at, mm. but by default, we spend a lot of time working on things that maybe we perceive we aren't as strong at. Um, so this idea that you should take the things that you're naturally good at that are strengths for you. So some people public speaking and, and that kind of like personality of presentation is a strength. Um, it fills their cup. It doesn't wear them out. It doesn't necessarily mean like for something to be a strength, it's not necessarily just that you're good at it, but you're good at it and it replenishes you versus you're good at it and it wears you out. Right. So mm. I take everybody through this exercise of identifying what their strengths are. There's like 30, maybe 32 of them. Um, and then that's what we use in kind of identifying where there are gaps in the team. Like, what are we missing? Is there a certain characteristic or type of person that we're missing? And when we're recruiting, we should be looking for people who kind of seem to fit that, that profile. And then it also helps the team better understand each other where there might be differences in perspective or opinion. It really helps the team, you know, understand a little bit more about each other and how to best interact with each other. Um, but, but that's a really big part of, trying to balance the team a little bit. So we don't end up with, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, 60 type A yeah. high achiever personalities. Like that doesn't, that doesn't really produce a productive environment. Right. So yeah. Yeah. We, so we need diversity of, of personalities and diversity of skills. Right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I, I love that idea. Yeah. So, so that's a big part of it. And I think too, you know, it is, um, it is by far the accomplishment I am the most proud of is building this team. They are amazing. And having the opportunity to work with such amazing people day in and day out, it really starts to attract more and more really strong marketers when all the people they talk through, um, when they're going through the interview process on the team are, you know, happy positive, have had a great experience being here. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like nothing's perfect. It's like we're building a plane in the air over yeah, here, like yeah. <laughs> got a lot going on. Um, but there's something to be said about having a collaborative environment that I think a lot of marketers really thrive in, um, being able to work outside your lane a little bit, being able to share, 
you know, ideas across different pieces of the marketing organization and to be able to work with people who might not be on your brand, but might have an idea for your brand and have that be well-received. Um, I think it really means a lot. So it's been a really great experience. Um, there are things, you know, that I would have done different hindsight, of course, but um, in general, it's been just a really, really great experience to be able to put this team together. Back in a moment after this word from the all-new Franchise Consumer Experience Conference. Franchise Update Media and the International Franchise Association invite you to join us June 20th through the 23rd in Atlanta at the all-new FCXC. This is the combined former marketing shows from Franchise Update and IFA along with the old Operations Conference. There's a great lineup of keynotes and C-level franchisors talking about marketing, operations, and technology. And I will be there with my crew from Ular podcasting and chatting with you live. Be sure to register early. Slots will be limited. And pro tip, get your hotel rooms in Buckhead reserved right now. They're going to fill up fast. Learn more at francxc.com. And I think there's something attractive to marketing folks in looking at a brand or multiple brands within your umbrella, but let's just say one brand and saying, okay, I could take a job doing marketing for a small company here in, you know, whatever city, or I could work for this brand that already has dozens of locations. And basically it's, it's already nationally known. I think for a lot of marketing people, it's almost like the same attraction for franchisees that I could I could do one thing in one town, or I could be part of this bigger brand that people have actually heard of. And, and I think there's something way more attractive now for a franchise brand, for a, a lot of people coming into the uh, marketing roles now. Yeah. And I think too, for us, there's something to be said about how rapidly we've grown. It There are just constant opportunities for change for people. Yeah. So yeah. like, you might be on a brand and then decide like, Hey, I'm really interested in something else. And that's really important to me too, you know, is to understand a little more long-term or even shorter, shorter, long-term, like what do people really want to do? Or is there an area somebody wants to learn a little bit more about within the organization where they can spend a little, a little bit of time with someone on another team or another piece of our department and really just you know broaden their scope to better understand just the business as a whole, maybe, not just their one brand, but authority brands as a whole. And it's really great to have, you know, as we've added all these roles, it just means more opportunity for the team to be able to grow and have opportunities over time. You know, when we were one brand, we had three-ish years, we added one role to the team. There was no real, like you could grow in your space, but there was just, the growth was slower, right? It was just, yeah. now it's compounded by 12 and it just means, you know, more, more opportunity for people to be able to grow and change and develop over time. And I think that more opportunity makes the brand or the brands in general way more attractive because what are you going to be doing five years from now? I don't know, but I guarantee it's going to be more bigger and better than what you're doing now. Whereas if you're part of, you know, sort of an individual brand that isn't growing very fast, five years from now, you could be doing the exact same job, yeah, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as we wrap up today, Heather, if some of our marketing friends out there, and I know 
lots of people are going through, you know, rapid growth mode and acquisition mode this year and that kind of thing. If they find themselves in the situation that you were in just a few years ago where, oh my gosh, I have to grow this team way faster than I ever thought, what's sort of the first piece of advice you would give someone or where should they start as they look at what they need to bring in first or or who they need to bring in or that sort of thing? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think when when we first started, one of the things that I had to sit and spend a little time kind of reflecting on was what are my, you know, I know I said strengths earlier, but what what are the things that I'm just not great at? And I need to fill those. Like I need to hire people that are smarter than me in all of these spaces so that we can balance out this team. So one of the things that, you know, that I have seen in the past people do is hire more people who think like them or more yeah. people with similar backgrounds to them. Yeah. And I've, I've had the opposite mindset. Like I want someone who has a totally opposite skill set than anything that already exists on the team. Because a lot of times when you're first adding that second brand, you sometimes don't get to hire at the rate that you wish you could. And if all you can do is bring on one person or two people, you know, look at, look at what the team already has and fill any gaps. And then also look at what you're outsourcing and where you could save some money. So like design is always one right off the bat where, you know, if you're small, you might be outsourcing design. That's one that, you know, might be a cost savings as you grow and add a second brand to say, Hey, I'm going to bring that in house because I can hire and staff a full-time designer, you know, for a, a more efficient cost than what I might have to outsource to if I needed to outsource times two now. So, you know, I think it's really just taking a, an accounting of what you've got and, and kind of where there might be some savings opportunities. Um, and then I think also just not being afraid to kind of trust your gut on it. You know, mm-hmm. I spend a good amount of time now, you know, getting requests from people to kind of like, Hey, we just bought our second brand. How should we be set up? Or this is what the structure is. And I don't really think that that is what it should be. And I'd say like probably nine times out of 10, what that person who's asking my advice wants to do is, is the advice that I would give them. Like normally their gut about it is right, but sometimes there's factors outside of just you know, what you want to do, right? There's other people you have to convince there's, you know, uh, whether it's a board or a PE group or the CEO or whatever, you know, whoever has the ultimate say on how you can staff and hire. Oftentimes there's some perspective there to manage, but I would say, just don't be afraid to kind of trust your gut about what you think the right strategy for your team is. I think there's more pain that can be caused in being unclear or uncertain for too long especially as you're adding brands, sometimes you just need to pick a lane and go. And then if you need to change, you can change, but don't get bogged down in trying to have it be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. You know, you just sometimes need to take action. Excellent. If anybody has some more questions or maybe they just want to learn more about authority brands and everything that uh, you guys are doing, where can we send them? Yeah, you can absolutely reach out to me on LinkedIn Heather McLeod, M-C-L-E-O-D, like the Highlander. And I'm more than, I know, right? It's true though. I'm more than happy to connect with you there. Or you can also hit me via email, pretty straightforward, Heather at authoritybrands with an S, LLC.com. 
All right, Heather, thanks so much for giving us so much time today. We appreciate you and we will see you at a franchise event very soon. Awesome, thanks so much, Jack. Before we go, a quick word from Thrive. Thrive is an end-to-end client experience software for growing franchise brands. With their turnkey solution, franchisors can be confident every location is running and growing on the same franchise marketing software. Easily view your best and worst performing locations, filtered by metrics such as geography, average order value, number of appointments, and more. Keep tabs on your entire business and individual locations all from one place. Check it out today at thrive.com slash features slash franchises. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.